0: This feeling deep inside of me. Boy, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's alright. I'm hooked on a the tail me on.
1: That was B.J. Thomas and Sarah Nimitz singing Hooked on a Feeling in an LP entitled The Living Room Sessions. And the title of this cast, number 204, is Honest to God. And it contains a further reflection on, believe it or not, the nature and trustworthiness of the New Testament It's something I've been thinking constantly about, because the intersection of the powerful either-or language of pop songs about love, which is an intersection with my core and natural being, says something, and elicit something and confirm something that is so important about human communication and emotion that it virtually um, opens up the New Testament like a corkscrew. You know, when you're trying like in Beyond the Fringe, you're you're, you're opening up the anchovy tin and and you you just roll it right up and then there it all is. Um, This insight about pop music and romance has so completely opened up the 10 of New Testament studies for me that I've got to talk about it. Now, I only say this because I've, I've only spent, you know, 50 plus years studying this uh, material in a traditional format. And it is so evident to me in my uh, life as I now see it and feel it and experience it that the answers to questions that uh, so many have um, beaten their head against a wall concerning is resident in simply in the very nature of what it is to be a human being, consumed with the passionate desire, often defeated, uh, both to love and to be loved. And um, I thought that hooked on a feeling was a good way to start. And uh, I'm going to... um Uh, say how this came to me in relationship to New Testament studies, then make my case in a way that I think will be somewhat outrageous and hopefully funny for you, and then we're going to conclude with an absolutely um, magnificent and touching and very beautiful case in point in pop music. Now, what happened was, (coughs) I was uh, watching the (coughs) concluding (coughs) section, which I find... Not perfect, but very good, of the George Stevens uh, epic Life of Christ entitled The Greatest Story Ever Told. I find it very artistic and very true and very beautiful and very moving, especially the end of part one in which Lazarus is raised by Christ in Bethany. And there's something about the way that whole thing is staged and the music and Van Heflin's performance as chief witness to the resurrection or the raising again of Lazarus to life. That is extremely emotive. But I decided to look at the resurrection sequence at the end of the movie. And uh, one thing just came to me. Uh, One of the disciples, and I think it's Peter, um, is uh, this kind of an intimate scene of, of Christ risen from the dead talking to the disciples minus uh, Judas talking to the disciples before he ascends, and he is um, talking about um, using Johannine language, and uh, the uh, powerful, whether it's St. John or St. Peter, the, the actor the role repeats from the new testament the king james version and the movie is so refreshing because it only uses the king james version when jesus speaks and it is so much better than anything we currently have except you know for certain situations i'm well aware of that but in terms of uh immediacy and direct communication but in any event um the uh Disciple, just as in the scripture, but in Luke uh, 24, it happens in the Road to Emmaus story. The disciple grabs a hold of Jesus. It's almost at the very, very end of the long movie and says, Abide with us, Lord, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. Well, I had just come from a funeral in which that particular... um, text is used in a very beautiful prayer for evening prayer that was used at St. Paul's School in Cochrane, New Hampshire. It may still be, for all I know, and I'd invoked it or wanted to invoke it for a funeral for my closest childhood friend, but it's a prayer that I've known forever and have used in many, many services. It's called the prayer of, um, of Cardinal Newman, usually. But the disciple says, abide with us, Lord, in the movie, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And as I Listened as I saw the actor in this beautifully photographed shot set up. I said to myself, "Well, this must have happened." I mean, it's exactly what someone would say. It's 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 credible at every level. First, um, it happens to actually be nighttime, and this man uh, ref- expresses comfort and solicitude and uh, um, uh, withness uh, to these men on the road to Emmaus, and. Of course, they would say, abide with us, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. Certainly, that's what a disciple uh, with the risen Lord, uh, with this extraordinary presence of comfort and uh, being and being with and uh, graceful, merciful, understanding, sympathetic, forgiving companionship and authority, who wouldn't say that? And as I watched the movie, I said to myself, you know, why would anyone really wish to um, try to combat the veracity of this kind of thing. The New Testament is full, and I'm I'm only speaking about the New Testament because it came to me in that form. I'm not ruling out at all the power of this uh, insight, or at least this insight as I received it, for the Old Testament. But what I felt was it... It just suddenly it exploded. Obviously, that he would say that the the emotional life of Lord. We we do not know the way. Remember in uh, the great passage, uh, where are you going? Well, I'm I'm going where you cannot go. But I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh but Lord. We do not know the way. How can we know the way? That's exactly what someone would say. And when you, um, I had been listening to Glenn Campbell. Uh, p- p- really sing out some marvelous Jimmy Webb songs with such emotion, like by the time I get to Phoenix and Wichita Lineman, and then I was listening to that song uh, that you may not remember, but it's great, by um, the Moody Blues called Question, which starts out by um, a kind of very uh, insistent chorus about uh, wanting to know the answers to this, that, and the other thing, and then it switches uh, to a very soft singer saying, uh, I just want to be loved. Uh, I, I want you to be, love me, and I want to love you if, if, I, if only you would love me. Uh, and then it goes back to this sort of panoramic view of life, which is completely insubstantial. And then it goes back to the truth that all I really want, you know, is this. And so I said to myself, well, you know, that pop song, what if we analyzed pop songs or romantic pop songs that really connect with people what if we analyze those the way we analyze the New Testament? We'd we'd um, we'd make a terrible mistake because people analyze the New Testament sort of as if it couldn't be true, as if people wouldn't think that way because they don't they're not enti- they don't know. I mean, they, the, the, the people who do it must not be very pastoral because if you're a pastor, I remember when um, in Tubingen uh, reporting that the v- v- all sorts of New Testament so-called scholars would be saying that the long ending of John eight with the woman taken in adultery um, was unquestionably uh, an insertion from a later text. And uh, it it couldn't possibly be, you know, it it was an insertion. And I kept always thinking, you know, this is the core of the entire religion is what he says. Go and sin no more, but neither do I condemn thee. I mean, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. This is the core of the Christian insight about the universality of human fallenness, suffering, brokenness, and waywardness, and the forgiveness of Christ, mammothly the core. And isn't this a classic case of the satanic mechanic? W- w- hypnotizing a collective scholarly consciousness to somehow believe this, this doesn't even belong there. I mean, the one thing, you know, it's like when people used to say that Romans 8, Romans 7, I should say, was not really a Christian, It was a so-called pre-Christian, or it was some kind of Paul trying to get into the head of some uh, putative uh, pre- or non-Christian to uh, relate to to, to, to this, whereas obviously anybody, you know, I don't do the things I want to do, and I do the things I don't want to do, who will deliver me from this body of death? It's everybody. It's the unity of all people. It's a Christian, it's a non-Christian, it's a pre-Christian, it's a post-Christian, it's a pagan, it's a non-pagan, it's a dualist, it's a secularist, it's a nun, it's a Jew, it's a Christian, it's a Protestant, it's a Presbyterian. My golly, it's Charles Simeon and it's Pope John Paul II. It is utterly true to life, Romans 7. And then when I also related to Herr Moltmann, that they had also decided that Romans 7 was not about what it's obvious about. And he just shook his head and he said, Isn't it amazing? Das ist erstaunlich that all of these New Testament-like can and you know can actually believe this. It's so obvious that this is true from experience, from anybody reading it of any shape, size, form understands that Romans 7 is about him or herself. Anyone reading about the poor guys being left by Jesus after the resurrection forever, in you know, um, a corporeal way, of course they would say that. This is exactly what they would say. And who in the world, what what cerebral place of total non- um, existence are we bringing to these things? It's a devilish thing. Now, the cue, however, to really get this is pop songs because uh if you listen to um love songs, especially rock and roll love songs, rock and roll lullabies but love songs. They 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 all almost all of them if they're good, they're good to the extent that they strike a chord. They're good to the extent that they resonate with your life. I feel this. Uh, she loves me. Yeah, 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 you know, and I know that can't be bad. I mean, all one syllable words. She loves me, and I'm not sad. sad. You know, these are core experiences that everybody has. And so, when you hear "She loves me," or "Hooked on a feeling," or or um, any number of ones that I'll mention in a minute, you you realize, um, you know, I'm so tired of being alone. 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 You know, you're my everything. You're my everything. You're my everything. You're my everything. Too busy thinking about my baby to do anything else at all. I mean, these are feelings that you really have. Though she might be cute, she's just a substitute because you're the permanent one. <clears throat> these are songs that cut to the absolute deepest core. When the Deal Goes Down by Bob Dylan, um, Roy Orbison at his best. These are inner... um chords of core hope, core aspiration, <clears throat> core longing, core hunger. Core suffering, core deficits, and core pain. Put them all under the. They address us in our core pain and our core longing, and so if 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 these songs that appear to be, um, uh, you know, wildly exaggerated, were being studied by uh, many of these New Testament scholars who are well known, uh, they, they 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 wouldn't be able to hear them. That they, they would not be able to realize, duh, you know, no brainer. Whatever, you know, it's absolutely true that these songs speak to the human heart. And when Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life, you know, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. God so loved the world. He did not come into the world, by the way, my friends, to condemn the world, but that. Uh, No man has ever seen God, but if we love one another, the Father is with us. Um, We love because he first loved us. Uh, Thy sins are forgiven. Thy sins, though they are many, are white as snow. Now, that's from the prophet Isaiah. Or is it Jeremiah? But anyway, you know what I'm saying. We don't question when we hear those passages, whether in church or in any other setting. If they speak to us, we know instantaneously, like Romans 7, that they're absolutely core universal statements to the human individual persona, personal heart. And the same is with these songs. Now, I'm going to read a text here, and then I'm going to finish up. I'm going to read a text. What do you think about this? Because this, if a New Testament scholar, if one of these New Testament scholars, who should remain nameless. There are only about 5,000 of them that I've read over the years, 3,000. If one of them, they would pull it to pieces they would pull it to pieces. But you and I listening to it immediately know it's an entirely corroborable description of how love is and what I feel and what I need and what I lose and what I wish I had and how I am desolated or, on the other hand, how happy I am if I have it. And I'm just going to read um, um, uh, from the cover that we'll hear at the end by Glenn Campbell of uh, two very famous Love balance. Don't pull your love out on me, baby. If you do, I think that maybe I'll just lay me down for 100 years. Don't pull your love out on me, honey. Take my heart, my soul, my money, but don't leave me drowning in my tears. That song is called Don't Pull Your Love Out On Me, Honey. Now notice it uses the word 100 years twice. It invokes all my heart, my my soul, and my money, and it leaves me drowning in my tears. But when you listen to it, anyone listening to this who's been through a romantic breakup, both whether six months ago or six years ago or 60 years ago, you will understand that Glen Campbell's song is for you, and it has direct... Unmediated, unmittelbare, unreded, direct address to you. Then he switches into the second part of the cover. Kiss me each morning for a million years. Hold me each evening by your side. Tell you lo- you love me for a million years. And if it don't work out, if it don't work out, then you can tell me goodbye. In other words, he's try me for a million years. Uh, try me. For a million years, kiss me and tell me. For a million years, and if if uh, this this I I I'm I'm here I'm all in. Is this all in? This is this is all into the age of the dinosaurs. A million years, five million dollars, one million dollars. Remember from that Shag movie, whatever it's called, Austin Powers. Then you can tell me goodbye. Oh my gosh! Please please me. Listen to the songs of the Beatles in the Great Period. Love me do. Love me do. Listen to the songs of the Dave Clark Five. Listen to the songs of Roy Orbison. Listen to everything you've ever heard about. And it'll all complain. So, if Glenn Campbell and the sainted writers of those two songs, if they're right, well, how much more obviously is an enormous amount of the recorded sayings that we find and reflections in the New Testament. Just duh, obviously communicative. Thank you so very much, and here's Glenn Campbell.
2: Take that big white bird Gonna fly right out of here Without a single word But you know you'll break my heart When I watch you close Bye.